Hey folks, Mark Scroggins with Scroggins Law Group, back for another edition of the Reclamation Transformation Podcast. Today, I've got a good buddy of mine, DJ Walker. DJ, how you doing today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I am good, man. Thanks for joining us today. Folks, this is really neat. I've known DJ, God, it's got to be about 10 years now. Yes. Holy crap. And DJ is just one of these incredible uh, success stories that has just grown incredibly. He's got a couple of different businesses, one that is near and dear to my heart, Dallas Sober uh, Living Solutions. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Tell the folks a little bit about what Dallas Living, uh, Sober Living Solutions is. Well, we try to provide um, sober living for uh, men and women coming out of treatment, and we try to provide them a clean, safe environment with structure to where they can rebuild their lives and uh, try to get back on the right path. Man, that's such a great thing. And I mean, you talk about a way of giving back. That's huge. Yep. I bet you've got some interesting stories, though. Oh, yeah. It's been some bumps along the way. <laughs> <laughs> like you were just telling me a minute ago about with the the women's houses that you, because of the eating disorder, how often sometimes that will follow, that you can't have skills in the house. Yeah, I just... We just chose not to do that. that that's super yeah. smart, but I never would have had a clue that that was something that you actually had to look at. Well, yeah, it's um, what I've learned is that uh, I don't really know a lot about eating disorders, but right. but that does manifest with people's uh, alcoholism and addiction. Right. So that's just something um, that it was brought to my attention by uh, uh, Ashley Hino. She's uh, she helps us out with the houses. Gotcha. And uh, she point she had suffered from that herself. She's pointed some stuff out to us to help us be aware of that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So now you have another business that is uh, does a lot in the the roofing department. Is that correct? Uh, yes, yeah, so I'm managing partner at Absolute Construction. We're roofing contractors, and we do residential and commercial roofing. So. Uh, so, folks, if you need either of those, DJ is your man. I can tell you that uh, I have reached out with us having all the hail and everything, yep. and we need to uh, take a look at my roof sooner rather than than later. But, uh, you know, DJ's also got a very interesting story of it's amazing. Sitting here today, I mean, we know each other, both you know, friends of Bill, and uh, uh, have known each other for, for quite some time. But, I mean, I've just watched you grow over a period of time and your your life today is a little different than when i first met you oh yeah i think i was um living on my mom's couch <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i was trying to um trying to save money to get into a sober house that's yeah. right that's yeah. right so huge success to go from there to where you are today and yeah. uh but one of the other things that was really interesting to me is your wife is filipino yes. correct so what y'all had to go through to be able to get married and she's got uh she's got a daughter as well correct and to be able to bring her over there can you uh let's talk a little bit about y'all tried to take a vacation not too long ago and it didn't quite go as planned yeah it did not um because she has a um a philippine passport right although she's a green card holder in the united states right some countries don't recognize that right no, they want you to have a special visa if your country, what it was explained to us is, well, the Philippines is not a NATO country. Right. So you need a special visa to get into the country. Right. However, they didn't explain that when they took our money for the plane tickets. Of course not. <laughs> we, yeah. we told them what passports, in, you know, no one went into that. So we got over there and they weren't allowed to come into the country. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. you know, it's interesting because that's something that in family law, 
we try to deal with everything as much as possible when you know you're concluding a divorce or you're concluding a child custody action and and so one of those are passport provisions that we've got in a final decree of divorce or in a final order in a suit affecting parent-child relationship and so one of those is like who can get the passport you know does it require both parents or does one have control so like if someone is sole managing conservator they don't have to worry about that they've got the ability to go and get it so in a situation like um you know if your wife's X is not involved, she would be over here, she could get sole managing conservatorship or if you adopted, so that y'all could be making those decisions. Because man, one of the last things you want to do is have a situation like what y'all just went through. Yep. So not crazy to have to, you know, to spend that money and then go over there and then, you know, good Lord, they get turned well, around. Well, yeah, I mean, I couldn't get refunds on the plane tickets because we used half of them on the way over, so I had to buy new tickets. Oh my God, man. Yeah, to come back. So it was... Uh, you know, we also had those challenges when when my wife immigrated to the country, right? With the uh, the passport, well, with just moving children from one country to another without both parents' consent is is next to impossible. You know, and I, I it's weird because I mean, you and I can have a conversation about that, and this, you know, people who are trying to live life the right way and trying to, uh, you know follow all the rules that we're supposed to be following. And so we'd think more along the lines of, God, what a pain in the ass that is yeah. as compared to thinking about, you know, the child trafficking and sex trafficking and all that kind of stuff that yeah. actually goes on. I mean, it's funny, we're sitting here in my Frisco office and just around the corner is the Frisco Hyatt, Hyatt Regency where they just had that huge bust on all the sex trafficking yeah. stuff. So, uh, you know, amazing to think about that kind of crap and that it still really happens. Well, the laws work. Yeah. <laughs> they Thank may. God. Yeah. I guess it's if you're doing it legally, it's you feel like it's an inconvenience. Right. Because you're trying to get your family here. Right. But in retrospect, it's it's there for a reason. Right. You know, and it's we need those extra layers to keep children from being just snatched out of their countries. Right. Yeah. Well, and one, you know, so thank God that happens. I mean, uh, you know, the pain in the ass thing is there, but like you said, thank God that, you know, we don't, that they've got those laws so you don't run into those kind of problems. You know, I want to kind of pivot here for a second because one of the things, you know, you've got a story that is, uh, that has some similarities to mine mm -hmm. in that, you know, I've been very, very blessed in, um, you know, the life I get to live today. And a big part of that is, you know, getting my shit together and getting sober and, and doing all that. I didn't have the, um, let's just say I didn't have the life that I have today, you know, and a big yeah. part of that is the, the peace that I feel today, the serenity that I have today, because, um, one of the things as a divorce lawyer or family law attorney is, you know, I am shepherding people through one of the absolute worst times of their lives. Because, you know, when you go through a divorce, that's one of the five worst things that you can go through, right? It's, you know, death of a family member, loss of a job, relocation. Those are all the big stressors, divorce being one of those as well. And so generally, I'm not dealing with people when they're at their absolute best. So if you're an asshole, you're a bigger asshole than you were, yeah. you know, before. Yeah. Uh, not to mention, you know, all the financial insecurity and everything that goes along with that and so that's really really difficult in in a lot of people so thank god that today i've got that 
peace and serenity that I didn't always have because, you know, I hear a lot of people that, you know, I've known for coming up on 30 years of, of doing this. And they're like, you know, you're a lot more mellow today than you were, you know, just uh, just 10 years ago. And I'm like, you know, well, it's amazing what happens when you get your life together and you get sober and start walking a walking a little different pathway. And Does I think that, you've had some of those. Keep your clients mellow when you're mellow, the way way you carry yourself and your your serenity and connection does that transfer over to them and calm them down and I think it I think it? it's definitely helpful it's definitely helpful and at least one of the biggest so I would say that I've got alcohol and drug issues in probably 80% of my cases okay and at least an allegation is being made whether it's total bullshit or mm -hmm. it's it's real um, and so when I'm able to talk at a gut level, honesty level and say, hey, I fought that fight. And if you really want to get sober, if it's really a problem, you know, you can have a better life than you ever thought was was possible. I think that has a way of bringing some peace to someone who's really struggling. Conversely, there are times that I don't need to talk about that kind of thing. But, you know, somebody's just they're crawling the walls because they're so freaking nervous about everything. And I don't know which way is up and I don't know this. Well, you know, something that we can do that's a little different. We can help people with getting into, uh, getting into some therapy to deal with a lot of the shit that they're just dealing with, you know? So it's like, it's kind of like with depression, right? There's, there are people who, that have chronic depression or, you know, they're going to need to be on medication forever. You have some people that have, you know, situational depression. You just need a little help for a little while. And so maybe that's something that we, that we deal with. But I think, you know, being able to talk about that gut level honesty, I think it tends to, it definitely tends to calm people down. You know, I don't know what your experience is, but if I am sitting there, it's like having an argument with someone, right? If everybody keeps amping it up, you know, with guys, pretty much we're throwing hands, you know, before too long, right? But we don't want to do that in a professional yeah. in a professional situation, yeah. right? So, so if we can kind of, if I can, I should say, I shouldn't talk about anybody else. If I can tone it down a notch and I can be that voice of reason, a lot of the time that tends to help. So I would imagine that it's you know when you start dealing with people's houses and stuff, you know, you get people that are holy shit, I've got four pots in here and. You know, I've got this going and this going, and why can't this go faster? And the insurance company's doing this and that. And yeah, I, I mean, what's your to, experience there? I just try to manage expectations. So how do you do that? I um, well, first of all, I assess what kind of damage they have, and I let okay. them know that you know the ultimate decision is your insurance company, right? And if they approve the roof, we'll sit down and we'll go through all the paperwork line by line. Right. And then we'll come up with a solution that works for both of, both of us to right. get your house back together. Right. You know, it's, um, all, you know, and it's a lot of times it comes down to customer service, product, and price. Right. You know what I mean? But with insurance, you know, your price is your deductible. They right. deal with the rest. Right. You know, um, and then we have financing options for that and stuff like that. But, you know, I just want to be very transparent and tell them the hard questions. Yeah, you know, I mean, the, you know, the hard facts and truths about right. what's going to happen. So, but, how do you deal with the the problems with the insurance companies? Because you've got so many these days that it's like their starting point is no. You know, <laughs> yes. it, it really seems to be. I mean, now it's kind of progressed to where it's all throughout all different kinds. I mean, mm -hmm. down to your health insurance and you know all kinds of different ones. But uh, so, how do you how do you deal with that? Well. Um, 
I just assess the damage, you know, and you get a feel for what insurance company is looking for what. Right. You know, by just doing it for years. So I, I know going in, and I just tell you, the people that this, the, the amount of damage you have here, either it's, you know, we don't need to file a claim, I need to quote you something for repair, or if I feel like we should go forward, I tell them up front, <clears throat> with your particular insurance company, this is going to be a fight. And, you know, I will get it done, but it's not going to happen in a week. Right. You know, so if you want to go down this road with me, we're going to go down it. I'm going to be with you to the end. But, you know, it, it needs to be done. I've even taken people on the roof and showed them the damage. Right. You know, so it's not like I'm just on your roof. I show you videos, photographs, or even with you up there with me. Right. And it's just going to be a fight. But there's only a couple of insurance companies we're having that problem with. It's um, some of the large ones. Right. But, you know, I don't want to say any names. Sure. <laughs> no, and I wouldn't I wouldn't ask yeah. you to. But, but but people know who they have and who they are. You never know how good your insurance is until you have to use it. You know what? That I tell people that all the time. It's like, God forbid, you have the audacity to actually want insurance to pay for something. Yeah. And then they, you know, turn around and cancel you yeah. for it. You yeah. know, so well, storm claims are different. They can't counsel you for a storm. Right, it's act of God. Right, only homeowner negligence. If you burn up your kitchen or flood your, you know, backyard with your pool, you know, stuff like that. But right. acts of God. The the main problem we're facing right now is the rising cost of deductibles. Right, because in Texas, housing prices are skyrocketing. Of course, and then they want to do the deductible as a percentage of your home. Right, and then sometimes when you get into uh, like the the you know the, uh, certain areas where the house is, you know, seven or eight hundred thousand dollars, and it's only eight thousand dollar roof. Right. So basically, they're not paying you anything. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. That's why I would never do a percentage. Yeah. You know, make sure you've got a number. Yeah. That is what that deductible yeah, is. And then they're trying to raise to one point five percent. There's an insurance company that's already doing that. That's just so crazy. Uh, it's uh, it's really hurting the consumer, and the interest rates are going up, and then they're wanting more out of pocket, and um. You know, I deal with some adjusters. I dealt with one the other day, and he goes, roofers, you guys are blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, without us, there'd be no you. That's right. That's right. It's amazing uh, how how people don't understand that. Well, because during COVID, when no one was driving a car, State Farm laid off thousands of auto adjusters. Right. No one was wrecking. Yeah. So they lost their jobs. Right. So, you know, residential adjusters need to understand that I'm the roofer. Without me, you would be unemployed. Right. You wouldn't have anything to adjust. You know, it's funny because <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't start out becoming a, uh, a divorce lawyer. You know, I started out in business litigation. Oh. And um, uh, I kind of got drag kicking and screaming over to the dark side. <laughs> 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 and, and I'm glad I did. It, it's worked out well, and I really enjoy it. And uh, uh, But being in, in business litigation, I don't know if you – you remember this, but when there was the the big tort reform stuff, and half the people that were leading, you know, carrying the flags for tort reform and all that, were all of these insurance defense uh, litigators, and all of a sudden, all this shit went through. And guess what? You know, half of these people had to change what their business plans looked like because it was different. You didn't have this catastrophic injury stuff that was covered the same way that mm -hmm. it was and and so anyway it's it's interesting how that kind of stuff changes people's perspective yeah. a little bit mm -hmm. you know so well one of the other things i wanted to ask you about so with your daughter when she first came over was mm -hmm. how old uh nine 
And was she uh, a regular English speaker at that time? No, she was not. She didn't speak. Uh, I feel like she could understand a little bit of English, but she couldn't speak it at all. Oh, my gosh. And so how old is she now? 14. And how has that changed? It's changed a lot. Kids adjust, adjust really quickly. Right. You know, um, when she has no choice but to speak English, you know. Right. Um, she did go to ESL for like a year, but they were telling me that her English is fine, but she would never talk to me. So, I, <laughs> <laughs> so she would talk to them very quietly, but gotcha. I could get her to talk to me. But, you know, now that she's a teenager, she's a regular chatterbox and we have the normal father-daughter thing about cleaning your room while your assignments late for school or <laughs> and by the way folks that are out there understand father-daughter thing is not a basis necessarily uh for a modification of something <laughs> that's we're talking normal father-daughter yeah. stuff yeah so that's awesome well and when you say father-daughter it's a little different because as i understand her father has passed yeah so yeah so that's another thing that if you've got you know if you've got a typically if you were going to have a stepdad and they're referring to stepdad yeah. as daddy mm. being told to do that that's a whole nother reason that somebody could go in and get i don't think she calls me anything really uh, <laughs> <laughs> just hey you where's my money yeah basically yeah, yeah she doesn't address me as anything you know? yeah so enjoy being a parent man because that's a big part of it is enjoy <laughs> enjoy that is where my where is my money yeah what's my limit at the mall that's what she wants <laughs> on, her, on her debit card. Yeah, those are the conversations I get. Well, those are the normal ones. Yeah, can those you drop me at the track meet so I can hang out with my friends? She doesn't dress me as anything. <laughs> the checkbook. Yeah, well, there, there you go. As, as long as she is, uh, you know, just calling you that and it's yeah. not something worse than that, then it's not yeah. that bad. Very good. Well, uh, what else is going on in your life these days? Um. Well, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm living happy, joyous, and free. Man. You know, I'm just working every day to uh, wake up, pray, get a good contact with God, and do the next right thing, and just keep moving forward, you know, and not, you know, live in fear and stuff like that, and just right. try to help other people as much as I can. Right. I try to do a random act of kindness every day and don't tell anyone about it, although my ego makes that very difficult. Yeah. <laughs> I get it, man. I totally understand that. That's the thing that always drives me nuts, where you get... Um, you get certain people that want to do the look at me, look at me, look at me thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, anytime they do, there's no such thing as a random act of kindness. It's a watch me do this so you can tell me how great I am. Mm -hmm. And uh, it takes away from the kindness of the act. Yep. You know, it's no longer sincere. You know, so uh, I don't talk about what I do in that regard because it's nobody's damn business. Yep. You know, it's between me and the big guy upstairs under you know what i'm doing and he will ultimately judge me based on you know have i been a good steward of what he has provided to me yep you know so um i'm glad to hear that you do that because that's important to me too yep so well folks i want to thank my good friend dj for uh being with us today and thank y'all for joining us for another edition of the reclamation transformation and never forget change begins with you so leave your mark